Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. In this week's episode of the podcast, I want to share a thought that I think is critical for any Jewish community, any community in general, any faith community in general, something that we really need to consider. And I want to share this thought by focusing on a part of this week's Torah portion, Parsha Kitisa, something that comes up in last week's Torah portion, Parsha Tetzaveh, and also something from the book of Deuteronomy. So we'll be jumping around the Torah a little bit. This week's Torah portion of Kitisa begins with a census of the people in the desert. But it's not a complete census. It's only a census of the males 20 years of age and older, of military age, according to the Torah. So it's not presented as a complete census. But the thought that I want us to consider is, if we take a census of the Jewish people, or again, if any community takes a census, are in fact we being careful enough to include everybody who should be included in that census? In this this week's Torah portion of Kitisa, we read the story of the golden calf. Following the sin of the golden calf, Moses in, in conversation with God, acknowledges the sin of the people, but asks God to forgive them and not to destroy them as God had threatened. And Moses says, if in fact you will not forgive the people, erase my name from the book that you're writing. It's quite a threat or a plea, however you want to look at it. And God, in fact, responds by forgiving the people. But perhaps in order to teach Moses and all of us a lesson that we shouldn't make threats without being willing to live up to and to face the ramifications of such a threat, God, in fact, sends Moses a little message according to some fanciful commentaries. Because in the Torah portion of Tetzaveh that we read last week, Moses' name is not mentioned. It's the only Torah portion from the beginning of the book of Exodus to the end of the Torah in which Moses' name is not mentioned. So some of the commentaries, again, fanciful commentaries, say this isn't a coincidence, but this is in fact God taking Moses at Moses' word. Moses says, erase me from the book you're writing, and God shows Moses what it might feel like to have your name erased from part of the book by taking Moses' name out of Parsha Tetzaveh. It's, again, fanciful, but I think it's a very, very important point for us to consider. What does it mean to leave people's names out of a census or out of a book? The Jewish community, I think, has done very, very well in recent decades in terms of being more inclusive. First, in terms of ritual and professional life, being more inclusive of women. There's a ways to go in terms of how, especially within the rabbinate, women are accepted completely within the community, but we've made great progress. Certainly, we've made great progress in the inclusion of LGBTQ individuals, of saying that that sexual orientation or uh, gender identity is not an issue for involvement within the Jewish community. That's very, very important. Again, perhaps we have more ways to go, but I think we're certainly moving in the right direction. We've also been 
dedicated to uh, bringing interfaith families more into the Jewish community. And there are ways to go with that too. And halachic, Jewish legal issues that need to be talked about and thought about. But again, in general, there's been a lot of progress in that way. But there are still times where we need to consider who we're excluding within the Jewish community. First of all, what happens to people who don't have the resources, financial, to join a synagogue, to lead an active Jewish life in many different ways, to make contributions to tzedakah, to charity? Are we being as inclusive as we possibly can be for people? Are we really sending the message that even if you can't afford something, we will make you feel comfortable within the community. We will help you feel comfortable within the community. Again, happens in a lot of communities, but not in all communities. I'm also thinking a lot, and this is very interesting, about during this era of COVID, we've done so much virtually, and that's really been a godsend for so many people who, because of COVID or just in general, can't get out to join the community physically. So we've become very much dependent upon virtual community. Well, there are some people who can't respond to virtual community. Some people perhaps don't have computer access or aren't computer literate enough or just don't feel comfortable with it. So while it's true, what we're doing is bringing more people in, we also have to consider people who might feel excluded if we're, if we're completely focused on virtual gatherings. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. I'm teaching a Talmud class for Beth Israel Congregation, which is completely virtual. I know there are people in the class who are taking it who would not be able to be there in person. And none of us really want to be in person sitting around the table in close proximity, although I miss it terribly and hope we get back to it soon. But I'm also aware of the fact that some people who might be able to come personally and and physically as part of a community may not be able to access online or may not feel comfortable doing that. So I think we have to be careful if, God willing, when, God willing, COVID becomes less of an issue to realize that we have to try to to serve the entire community and recognize that we may want to continue with virtual uh, offerings because, in fact, that does open it up to so many more people but it may at the same time exclude others if that's all we do. So we have to keep that in mind. And finally, let me give you a third option. I've, a third uh, example. I've spent many times, much, a a lot of time during my years as a rabbi visiting prisoners, visiting Jewish prisoners, making them feel that they are still part of the Jewish community. And if they are when they get released to feel comfortable coming back into the community. But even just during the times that they're in prison, recognizing that there are needs, there are spiritual needs, there are emotional needs, there are belonging needs that people have in that situation. And that we can't ignore them. And again, many Jewish organizations are dedicated to that. But communities, when they think of who is a part of the community, may feel that that's not one issue, that's one issue that they don't want to touch, that they don't want to confront. So the point about what I'm sharing with you is that communities, and again, whether it's any faith community or any community at all, 
needs to make sure that the census that they're taking is complete, that they're not leaving anybody out, that they're finding all of the people who want to be part of the community or who could benefit from being part of the community. And again, yes, we've done some very good work in the Jewish community in this way, but there's work that remains. The story of Amalek, the paradigmatic enemy of the Jewish people, as expressed in the Torah, is fascinating. According to the story, Amalek attacked the back of the line, Nechashalim Acharecha, it says in, in the book of Deuteronomy, those who were weak at the back, so to speak, the, the back of the line. And according to the Torah, we have to remember this terrible deed that Amalek did, this terrible sin of not only attacking the people of Israel, but attacking the weakest members of the people. And it says in the Torah, Zachor, remember, Lotishkach, don't forget. And for most of the uh, commentaries, that just is a double way of emphasizing. We have to remember what Amalek did. We can't forget what they did. But there's another beautiful commentary which says we have to read that verse a little bit differently. Zachor et Amalek. Remember what Amalek did when it attacked the people at the back of the line, the stragglers at the back of the line, Lotishkach, don't forget. And this commentary says the don't forget part refers to the people at the back of the line. The don't forget part refers to never forget the people who you don't see around you so so evidently, whom you who, who are weaker, who are in some way challenged, who might be missed, because it is absolutely our responsibility as a community to include everyone who wants to be included or who can benefit from the community. So, according to this commentary, Lotishkach, don't forget those people. So going back to the beginning, in Parsha Kitisa, we read about a partial census of the people. There was a reason, perhaps, why the census was only partial, because it was for military goals. But in our lives, when we take a census of people within our communities, we have to make sure we're not consciously or unconsciously, purposely or, or, or just w without intent, unintentionally, leaving people out who are every bit as important to our community as everyone else. Until next time, thank you.